Today, we're going to talk about Ernest Shackleton's epic Antarctic adventure so that you can reset and rewire your leadership language. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on, my friend. How are you today? I am doing great. We're just kind of trying to get through this uh, COVID-19 process. Yes. And uh, and that's actually what we're going to talk about today is how to lead in a time of crisis and using the Ernest Shackleton template to talk about that. Now, you've talked a lot about uh, Ernest Shackleton as a leader in those uh, tough times, but you're really right. going to get into it this time exactly what the story is. Yeah, this time we're actually going to spend some time and uh, we'll we'll stop in a second here and I'll basically tell the story, a summary of the story. And then we're going to talk about some of the leadership principles. And, you know, we may do uh, we'll certainly do one more podcast on this topic and maybe two more just talking about his leadership principles during times of crisis. And I know during the financial crisis in 2007, 2008, I had a lot of CEOs that I did consulting with and they would say to me, uh, what would you recommend? And I say, Get Alfred Lansing's book, Endurance, but don't get it in a book format. Get it in an audio format so you can listen to it on your way back and forth to work. Uh-huh. And uh, er- Ernest Shackleton, you know, was basically stuck in an ice flow for nine months. And I said, your, t- you know, your challenge is not going to be that difficult. You're still going to have the, the creature comforts of life. So just look at it from that perspective and say, how did he get through it? What can you do? And I just love the story that he talks about how to manage a crisis and he saved everyone. I mean, there's been other adventures to the Antarctic and to the Arctic uh, where, you know, the leaders took them and uh, uh, people died. Uh, mm. The car Luke, which happened in 1914, right before Ernest Shackleton departed, actually got stuck in the ice up there. Same kind of scenario. But their leader, Stephenson, actually went out and hunted caribou and left the crew there. Uh, then, of course, they fractured and there was uh, and they split up and there was a number of people out of that crew that died. And Ernest Shackleton never left his crew. And he never let them split. And he always kept the optimism up. He kept them positive and he kept a sense of, you know, you've got to have a, a structure. You've got to have a process. You've got to have responsibilities. And so he kept those responsibilities for people, even then when they were, you know, uh, away in either what they called ocean camp or patients camp. People still had jobs. They had responsibilities. They would all have breakfast at the same time. They would all have dinner at the same time. They'd get together. They would keep their camaraderie together. And he just did a tremendous job of keeping his team together when they basically were their ship sunk to the bottom of the Weldale Sea. And they had to survive for months on an ice flow. And those are folks who went through difficult times. Obviously, this could be a difficult time, but it's not nearly as difficult as what they faced. And so I think his lessons are so important for us as leaders of how do we handle our team and how do we uh, be a leader for our team in that process. Now you're going to tell the story here in a bit. What are the things we should, as uh, coaches, listen for? What are those things? You know, just listen to the you know some of the details of it, what they went through, but also try to imagine in your mind you know, going 1,500 miles in a lifeboat uh, across the Antarctic Ocean, uh, the Drake Passage in the middle of winter. You know, you're not doing it. You know, it's not a summer trip and you're nine days on there. You can finally get you can see the island you want to go to, which is South Georgia Island. 
and then they're it's in the midst of a hurricane. The wind is so strong they can't get to the island. So they have to wait five days before the weather settles to they can actually get on the island and then they land on the wrong side and actually have to go across the island uh, over 20 miles in order to uh, get to the other side and literally had to cross, you know, a, a small mountain range that had never been crossed before. So it's just an extraordinary story of, of challenges and issues. And he was just able to take those challenges and readjust and say, okay, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. And he was able to change his plans, you know, from the point of his boat sank uh, to the we're going to try to survive. And the message is that he said for the crew. So I just think that's such an important key in that process. So that's what I want people to listen to and the, kind of envision it, f- feel the, the challenges he had. And then, you know, what would you do with your crew if all of a sudden your ship sank and how would you keep them together? And he just had a whole host of ways to do that. And I think that's the message of the powerful, and profound message of Ernest Shackleton during this time. Okay. So you ready for the story? Absolutely. Let's let it rip. The Endurance, Shackleton's legendary Antarctic adventure. Ernest Shackleton's most famous expedition when he and his men were stranded over a year on Antarctic ice during an attempt to cross the frozen continent. It is a story of discovery, survival, and teamwork. The Endurance was Shackleton's most famous expedition. The Imperial Transarctic Expedition set out to sail from the British islands of South Georgia in late 1914 and sighted land of the Antarctic five weeks later on January 19, 1915. The Endurance crew was composed of Shackleton's hand-picked crew. Soon after setting out, the crew encountered their first signs of trouble when the ship was beset by a pack ice in the Weddell Sea. When the ship was stranded in the Weddell Sea, Shackleton was forced to abandon his bold plan to cross the Antarctic. Instead, his focus was on getting the crew out alive. Survival now was the ultimate goal. The Endurance was stranded in frozen pack ice for nine months, eventually becoming surrounded and crushed by the ice. The crew saved as many supplies as they could and were forced to make camp on frozen Antarctic ice flow. They built housing out of ice, surviving on what they salvaged. The crew even built dog loos for their dogs, which made for some of the most famous photos in Hurley's collection. The crew kept moving on the ice flows, first setting up what was known as Ocean Camp on solidly packed ice next to their ship, next to their trapped ship. Later, they were forced to move on to more volatile ice flows or Patience Camp after the endurance settled on the bottom of the Weddell Sea. As a leader, you need stories and visuals to get your team's attention. When the ship sank, Shackleton gathered his team together and threw gold coins and a gold cigarette case on the ice. He wanted to make a point that survival was now the key. When his crew said, why did you do that? He said, I lost a ship. Now we go home. After surviving on the ice floe for months, a greater danger was coming, the seasonal melt of the polar ice. On April 9th, the growing thaw forced the crew to abandon all non-essential supplies and take to the three lifeboats, the most famous that James cared, named after one of the expedition's sponsors. At night, they parked the boats on the ice floes and made fires from whale blubber. After a perilous six-day expedition, 
they arrived on the desolate Elephant Island on April 15th. Although they were far from home, the solid ground under their feet was a massive relief, and the men described it as paradise. It was the first time they had been on dry land in over a year and a half. Shackleton decided the time was right to seek help, and he launched the James Caird, the sturdiest of the lifeboats, to seek civilization over 800 miles away. Shackleton and the men he took with him set off through the Drake Passage, only a day before the pack ice closed again. Their goal was to return to South Georgia to seek help at the local whaling station. However, the route traversed the world's most perilous waters in the depths of the Antarctic winter. They were frequently threatened with capsize, frostbite, and ice growth on the boat itself that threatened to sink them. After 16 days at sea, under harsh conditions, they sighted land on May 8, 1916. South Georgia was beset by a hurricane at the time, and it took another five days before they, were able to, before they were able to reach land. They had successfully traveled over 1,500 miles in lifeboats by the end of their journey. It was now only a 20-mile journey to the whaling stations on the east side of the island, with mountainous terrains ahead of them that had never been navigated. The perilous and rocky terrain of the coast threatened them, but Shackleton's incredible luck held. His crew crossed the island in 36 hours and reached the whaling station. Shackleton returned the Antarctic aboard a steamship after four months and after four attempts. He was able to get through the pack ice and save his remaining 22, 22 crew members from the Elephant Island. The entire ordeal lasted 20 months. Despite this, Shackleton's thirst for adventure and discovery was undeterred, and he quickly planned his next adventure. He is buried on South Georgia Island, where he died in 1922 from a heart attack while in his last expedition. His legacy of exploring the globe and breaching new and inhospitable frontiers endures until today. So that's the story of the endurance. It is, and it's a, a truly remarkable story. I just, I, I love this story. I can listen to it again and again. And I've actually got Alfred Lansing's book in in audio format, and I've probably listened to it five or six times. So I never get tired of it because it's just such important lessons on how we survive in trying times. And one of Ernest Shackleton's favorite lines was, "We will all have an Antarctic moment." And I always wondered what he meant by that. And this truly is our Antarctic moment as a nation and as a world that we face COVID-19 and how do we face that challenge and how do we survive it? Um, obviously, we're on the, the front end of this here and some of the darker days are in front of us. But the key is that we make sure that we stay together, we stay focused and we keep a routine about ourselves and that we lead our team through this process in our crisis as it has an economic uh, impact, the economic fallout, um, the unemployment rate. Some people say in April may be as high as 30%. Uh, that would be extraordinary. We've never seen that before. Uh, we saw 3.3 million unemployment claims uh, last week. Uh, the highest we've ever seen before in that during a recession was like 600,000. So it was five times that. So it's going to be a, a, an extremely challenging time. And then how do we recover from it? And, and do we get a sense of safety again on the other side? So 
we've got to keep positive. We've got to keep optimistic. Mm -hmm. We've got to stay focused. We've got to keep a routine and we've got to work together so that uh, we all look for solutions in helping people out. And that was the key of the Ernest Shackleton story is, you know, staying together as a team. Everybody worked really hard, stay together as a team and to work together as a team. And I think that's one of the important lessons in this process too, is that we do that, that we make sure we stay together, that we don't fracture because uh, if we fracture, then we're going to be in a situation where it's going to be difficult to survive. I, it's just so important for all of us to do that. I really like I like the idea, the story. There's no logical reason that Shackleton would think that they could survive. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. But instead of giving into that, um, he is concerned about his the people that he's leading. And I know right now in this troubling time there's many of us who think oh we're never going to be able to recover from that um we may or may not but we got to stay positive because we serve those people that we lead right and and we got to stay positive and just i love this quote from the book about ernest shackleton and endurance and it says shackleton ordered the crew to abandon the ship and make camp on nearby ice and they stayed there for a while and and uh, that was called uh, Ocean Camp. And they stayed there. And he said, ships and stores are gone. Now we'll go home. And a day later, in the privacy of his diary, he wrote a more candid mm-hmm. outlet of what was going to happen. He said, quote, a man must shape himself to a new mark directly to the ones that have gone aground. And then he said, I pray to God that I can manage to get the whole party to civilization. And so in one hand, he was saying to the team, we're going to do this. We're going to get home privately and personally he was saying wow i've got an incredible challenge here and i hope i can pray that i can get them home and i think that's all of us as leaders we want to have you know our outlook that we have for our team and how our team perceives us but we also want to go from perspective of you know what's our inner optimism and and how do we go about this and how do we face this challenge yeah and we've got to do that for our team too they've got to see us doing that and so even with all of that, the thing that was good about Ernest Shackleton, he's kept a sense of humor. He loved to joke. He loved to laugh. And the thing that he did was, I think, most powerful is he kept the people that were most negative closest to him. Yeah. Uh, when they took the James Caird, as you heard in the story, when they took the James Caird and they went to uh, South Georgia Island, he actually took the most uh, pessimistic people with him. Uh, there were two real strong pessimists and he actually kept them with him and he took them with him so they wouldn't stay on the island and impact the rest of the crew. And because of their pessimism and because of their mindset, uh, by the time that they had gotten to South Georgia Island, those two men were basically uh, huddled up in the in the bottom of the boat in fetal positions just because they were just you know, their pessimism took so much out of them, whereas the rest of the men kept working to get the boat to the island so they could, in fact, survive. So optimism and pessimism can have a true impact in how you view yes. this and how you manage it going forward. And that's such an important question, too, is how do we stay optimistic in this time of challenges and keep going forward mm-hmm. uh, as that? Napoleon has a great quote. He says that a leader is a dealer in hope. And I just think that's such a powerful concept uh, of that. Because we can, like sh- because ahead. we can get through this. We can, sure, just we like just like the uh, endurance story. You never could think they're going to get through it, but they did. Just we're in the exact same situation. We can get through this if we right. want to serve other people and look forward. Yeah, just the sense of kindness, the sense of teamwork, the sense we're all in this together. Recognize everybody carries a heavy load at this moment. 
and that we can get through it. And I think that's um, that's the important key. And I just wanted to give you a couple of quotes here about Shackleton from other folks. There was a British explorer and he said uh, and he was comparing all of the great adventures of the time. And so he said, quote, for a joint scientific and geographic organization, give me Scott, who obviously went to the South Pole, but died on his way back. For a wintry journey, give me Wilson. For a dash to the pole and nothing else, give me Amistad. But if I'm in a devil of a hole and I want to get out of it, give me Shackleton every time. And that's the end quote. And I just love that. It, it's just, you know, Ernest Shackleton just stands amongst men as, as far as Antarctic explorers, because all of those were Antarctic explorers. And some of them made it to the pole. Scott made it to the pole and passed away. Amundsen came back a hero. Ernest Shackleton never made the pole. He got closest before Amundsen got there. But, you know, he's just a hero for the fact that he was able to get out of a very, very tricky situation and save all of his men. Most of the time in those kinds of stories, it's it's death, it's mutiny, it's ugly. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have that scenario. And so he knew how to keep his team together. And I think that's so important for us uh, is is to do that. And, and Frank Worsley said he was the captain of the endurance. And he said, no matter what turns up, He's always ready to alter his plans and make fresh ones. And in the meantime, he laughs, he jokes, and he enjoys a joke with everyone. And in this way, he keeps everyone's spirits up. Yeah. And I just think that's such an important key is to keep that mindset and keep those spirits up, uh, regardless of the plans and the actions. And so I, I just love Ernest Shackleton from that perspective. And so we'll do another podcast and we'll talk about his leadership qualities. But I wanted to set it up here on this one to show what. Uh, he did challenges he faced, and then how can we as leaders use those tools so that we can lead our team through this challenging time and certainly come out better on the other side? But there's a couple of questions I want people to ask themselves as leaders as they go forward, and we talked about yeah. this in the last podcast too. But in five or ten or fifteen years, when you look back on this event, you know how will you describe your leadership moment? How will you describe how you led your team? What kind of decisions did you make, and did you help your team out? as best you could. I know a lot of organizations are going to have to furlough people or lay them off. Or, But how did you treat them? How did you communicate with them? And did you give them a sense of hope that we will, in fact, come back from this? And so those are so important in that process to go uh, through that process to say, how are we going to do this? And when we look back on this, how did we lead? And I just think that's such an important question for us as leaders is, this is your leadership moment. How do you do that? And so I also uh, want to just can, can I say that couple- that that whole concept has been ringing through my head um, the last week since you talked you about mean? that. It it I think that is a conversation we need to have not only as a leader, as a coach, but also as a family member, as a mm-hmm. friend. Is how do we want to look back on this whole trying situation on how we dealt with people? Um, I, I would right. love to see. Um, you know, the news that keeps talking about this situation over and over again to use that as an example. So thanks for saying that, Rory. It really yeah, is, no, it really I, is I pretty the, powerful. The, that's a great that's our ultimate question is in 15 years from now, how we look back and how did we treat people? Because I think of the 1918 pandemic mm-hmm. with the Spanish flu was um, there was something I read this week that was so profound about it is that it occurred, it happened, and really no one talked about it after that. Right. And the reason they didn't talk about it is they talk, didn't talk about it because of a sense of embarrassment about how poorly they handled the event. Oh, okay. 
you know, how they they mismanagement of the decisions they made. And so this time we're truly trying to shut people down to try to save as many people as possible. Estimates are if we were to let this roll like the 1918 pandemic, that roughly 2.2 to 2.5 million people would die in the United States. You would know, everyone would know somebody who passed away in that event, Mm -hmm. you know, a relative, a cousin, a friend, someone at work, everyone would know somebody that had experienced somebody who had died from this, as well as people who have just ongoing complications from the event. So it's just so important for us. And so they, in 1918, they never talked about it again. It's also important for us to look back on this and to say, okay, what are we going to do differently because we've gone through this event? I think we've got to manage pandemics in the future in a much different process, a much different way. And I think those will be the other great lessons from this. But right now, that's thinking too far ahead. What we got to think about now is how do you get your team through this? I think Ernest Shackleton is a great way to do that. And some people say to me, you know, what are other resources that they would do? Well, obviously, I talked about uh, Endurance by Alfred Lansing. And I just love that book and I love it. And I've heard it. I've listened to it many times. And it's just a great story about it. So it's one of the seminal books about Ernest Shackleton's adventure. Another one is called Leading at the Edge. And this is by Dennis N.T. Uh, Perkins. And he also took Shackleton's concepts. And it's also a great book from a leadership perspective. And he talks about uh, his leadership. And I'm going to take a number of ideas from that one in our next podcast. And one of my favorite books is Shackleton's Way. It's by Margot Morell and Stephanie Caporell. And it's just an outstanding book on the leadership qualities of Ernest Shackleton during this time. And I just think it's so important for us to have something that we can refer to and open up and, you know, look at for 10 or 15 seconds and, or, you know, 10 or 15 minutes during our time when we're trying to deal with this, that we can get a sense of inspiration and a sense of hope and a sense of optimism to say, I can lead my team during this crisis. And I think this is the important key uh, from this is to uh, to do that. So that Shackleton's Way by Stephanie, by Margot Morell, Stephanie Caporell, Leading at the Edge, and that's by Dennis Perkins, and then obviously Endurance by Alfred Lansing. Uh, my recommendation is if you're a leader and you've got some drive time or some travel time, get that in an audio format. Listen to it uh, you know, in your headphone. Listen to it in the car. Listen to it traveling. It's just a great story to give you that sense of, wow, he was able to do this with incredibly challenging situations. We, too, can do this, and we can overcome this challenge, and we can prevail. And we come out on the other side as better people. And so this is really when you this is really when you learn about yourself as an individual, learn about your team and you learn about your leadership skills. And I think that's the key of this podcast today is to give people a sense of hope that you can do it, but also a a kind of a true north marker of somebody who's gone through challenging times, almost desperate, hopeless situations and came out on the other side with an extraordinary story that can inspire all of us. So um, if people do need to get a hold of you, I have two questions for you. First, the one I always ask, if people need to get a hold of you um, Mm -hmm. to find out more resources, what should they do? Yeah, a couple of things they can do. They can go to coachingmanager.university. There's a form you can fill out there to send me an email. It goes directly to my email. Uh, You can also go to my website. That's royroland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. Those are great ways to get a hold of me. The other thing, Mm -hmm. if you have some extra time, um, instead of binge watching, is there anything else you could do to improve your coaching ability? (laughs) 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 <laughs> there's there's tons but i'm just going to ask you you you've led me down a path and i don't know where you're going so sure you just do. give give me the answer to this one well i know what i'm doing i'm going to uh 
coaching manager university mm-hmm. and i am uh going through the different modules i'm a little behind because it was busy last week but it's self-paced i can go through i can learn the lessons take the the quiz and learn mm-hmm. even more about coaching and uh, the voice on there is very familiar to me <laughs> it is by you rory it's a very good self-paced training that people can go through and i i don't know this is a, this is a uh a, a special time, but in the past, you used to allow one person that would email you, you'd get a free tuition. Does yeah, that still happen, or do you, are you overwhelmed? I will absolutely do that. And matter of fact, even in these hard times, you'll do that. I, it, actually, if, even for this podcast here, if they listen to it, I'll do the first five people who respond. And there have Whoa. been a number of people who responded, but uh, with the economic crisis and things like that, because this is the important key, too. You bring up a really great point. You know, actually, I, I think. Shakespeare wrote King Lear and Romeo and Juliet during during pandemics. Oh, he would wow, lock himself really? away and, and just and that's what he would do. So this is a great time to sharpen your saw. Um, if you've got some time, you've got some downtime. OK, how are you going to improve your skill sets? And this will put you in a position of when you come out on the other side and you've gone through this crisis, but also you've improved your coaching skills. You're going to be a much more valuable tool and a much more valuable person, a leader in your team with this additional tool of coaching. So I highly encourage you to do that. I am so glad that you mentioned that. It's such an important key. And um, we've had a number of people who have taken the class. They love it. And it's been so helpful to them to improve their skill sets. And uh, and I'm seeing just tremendous change with people when they're doing it. I've got a gentleman I'm doing uh, coaching with, but he's also going to the program. And just to see him change and look at the world and how he goes through things is remarkable. So I think that's just a great, great key. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank yeah. you, my friend. Yeah, because I really enjoy it myself. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rory. We'll see you next time, okay? Thank you very much, my friend. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.